Hello everybody, welcome once again as uh, we continue on in a series we're doing called You Have the Words or You Have the Words of Life. We're looking at things that Jesus said and we've uh, spent the last, uh, I believe this is the 13th uh, meeting, talking about things, uh, about the things that Jesus said. Um, for one reason it's very important to know what Jesus is saying and what he said and, and it's uh, extremely helpful in life. The other reason is I'm sort of uh, trying to give you a little devotional tool that I found very effective in my life to, to take just a passage or a couple of verses and just kind of stop and think about them for a week or two weeks or whatever you got and really kind of dig in just to that spot in Scripture um, and ask God to help you use your holy imagination to really think it through and think it from different angles and what it would have been like to be there if it's one of those verses and, and what would the people, have, you know, what was going on try and ask God to help you think all that stuff I really think it increases your understanding of the word, your enjoyment in the word, and uh, that's a very, very powerful tool. So um, I'm hoping that you'll use that as you go. It's amazing things throughout the Bible. You know, in, in our study so far, we've looked at some of the great stuff that Jesus said. You know, uh, you know, he's asked the question, what do you want? And do you want to get well? And, and we've looked at him, as, you know, his mission and purpose of coming to give us life. Uh, and, and so we've been spending time with all those things. And we're going to continue today uh, looking at something that Jesus said, uh, calling us to love one another. And so we're going to deal with that together here in a little bit. That's the intro transition. Always a bad joke. This is a really bad joke. Why do Eskimos wash their clothes in Tide? Because it's too cold out Tide. Scripture reading. <laughs> John chapter 13 verse 31 and following when he was gone Jesus said now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him if God is glorified in him God will glorify the son in himself and will glorify him at once my children I will be with you only a little longer you will look for me and just as I told the Jews so I tell you now where I'm going you cannot come a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I want to really dig into those last two verses, 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now Jesus has this conversation with disciples immediately following um, the foot washing that takes place at the Last Supper. Jesus has just stood up, he's just washed all the disciples feet, um, he's, he's demonstrated to them in that process that real life is found in serving, he's, um, he's really been dealing with their, the, the, the argument they've sort of been having amongst themselves about who would be the greatest and if you ever go back and, you know, if you spend some time looking at that foot washing, I know we've talked about it, but um, that, at this meal that they would have had that would have been expected for this foot washing to take place, everything would have been available to them in the room, prepared for this moment in time, uh, you know, the towel and the basin and the pitcher of water, it would all have been there. All of the disciples knew this was supposed to happen, and yet because they were all arguing amongst themselves who was going to be the greatest, none of them went to serve the rest of them in this manner. And, um, and because none of them did, Jesus stood up and he went and did it. Um, it's not what, you know, they wanted. Remember, Peter says, Lord, you, you're not going to do, you know, you can't, 
you can't do that. And Jesus said, I have to. Um, and it, Peter didn't want Jesus to do it. He wanted one of the other guys to do it because they were trying to make a point about who was the greatest. And Jesus says, listen, this is so important. You have to get what I just did for you. You need to get this or you're, you're not going to make it in this process. You're not going to really get life. You're not going to understand life and experience the life I want you to experience. You have to get to make this change and this shift in, in your thinking that it's, it's, it's more than just trying to position yourselves into achieving what you want, that you actually have to care about other people. You're going to have to love other people well. And, and this was the, the lesson that he was given to them. And, and see, the, the problem was that their motivation was all messed up. They, their motivations were wrong, and it was causing them problems, you know, to the point where this is the last time they're really going to get to spend with Jesus before the cross. And, um, and they were busy arguing amongst themselves. And they weren't listening to what he was saying. They weren't taking it in. Um, they were so consumed by their own perspective and their own, what they were motivated about uh, and for, that they were missing the bigger picture. And so the, this whole idea that Jesus then follows into, he's just, this whole thing, he's just, he's just flipped their world upside down. And now what he says to them is, listen, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to love one another. So the way I've loved you, the way you've seen it in me, the way you've experienced love from me, you're going to have to love others in this manner. And, and he says, this is amazing, you think about this, he says that this is how all men, all people will know you're my disciples. This is, this is how he says they're going to know. People are going to know that we're followers of Jesus by how well we love. And, and so what should be taking place is that as followers of Jesus, we, we should be such loving people that the world knows we're his disciples. And, and so I, I hope you'll spend some time thinking about how amazing that statement is. You think about what Jesus has just said. And that the, the question that comes from that then is, you know, how well do you think we're doing? Um, uh, you know as the church how, how well do you think the church is perceived do you, do you think that people outside the church think about the church and go wow those are some really loving people in there I don't think they are I think we have an issue uh, and uh, it's because we've, we've gotten things backwards if this is the deal this is the stuff I think about if that's the deal then then there's a reason why Jesus has called us to that and, and so you know, it's what we talk about here all the time. It's why we have to be so radically generous and, and radically hospitable and in order to, you know, share with people this radical message is that we have to start loving well and that the church overall has not done a very good job. And, and that's just the reality of it all. And so with that in mind, I have a question for you. It might seem a little off topic at first, but, but I think it'll come back and work its way around into the message. Um, and, and these are things I want you to think about, stuff I've been thinking about. And so here, here's what you do. Um, when you get stopped by a red light, what's your reaction? Especially if it's this time of year and you're, you're at the Key Deer Boulevard and you want to make a left onto US-1. I don't know how many of you actually are impacted by that. But they change the timing of the light this time of year. And we'll literally sit there on this side of that light five minutes waiting for it to turn. And so, so how do you feel when you get stopped? Let me tell you, there's been a couple of times when I've raced at that light and there's some little, little ruts in there. Law enforcement, please don't listen to this. And I, <laughs> I've hit the gas so far that I've actually felt myself kind of, you know that floating feeling you get when, you, when you're hitting ruts? I, I can only equate it to when I was a kid growing up in Michigan. There were miles of dirt roads. And, and at 14, I would, uh, I, kids, close your ears. I would take my 
truck, my father's truck, <laughs> and drive all over Michigan, because I didn't know any better, at high rates of speed on these dirt roads, and it always felt like I was floating, and I just thought that's what, what driving was like. So, but I survived. Anyway, how do you feel? What's your reaction when you get stopped at a red light? Just how do you feel? Do you, what's your reaction? None? Reaction? <laughs> what's your reaction? Now, how about this? And, and you know I'll talk about this all the time, Winn-Dixie. When you go to Winn-Dixie and there's a long line at the checkout, how do you feel? What's your reaction? How do you, how do you act? How about this? I experienced this recently. I was uh, at Winn-Dixie. I love Winn-Dixie. I do. And uh, I bag my groceries because it's kind. I want to be kind to people. I want to talk to the people you know, that are... That are selling the stuff and be kind to them and see if I can get a conversation and, and see what's going on and, and, and so I always bag my groceries you know they're busy enough and um, but you, you know those plastic bags they have have you ever got to a stack that hasn't been started yet so so I'm trying to get a bag open and I can't get a plastic bag open I must have made 15 attempts to get the bag open and, and I, this is what I wanted to do. I didn't do this. I wanted to take that whole stack of bags and just, have you ever felt like that? And just go, and what I did was I just stopped. I, and I just kind of stopped. And somebody was watching me. And she smiled. So, because I didn't overreact. It was just a, but I was deeply internally frustrated that I couldn't get this plastic bag started. I'm like, what is wrong with this? And in my mind, I'm thinking, there's got to be a better way than this. How come somebody hasn't designed something that just makes this open? What's the deal? I'm, I'm not, you know, why can't I figure this out? You figure after 15 attempts, you're going to get it, right? To start, nothing. And, and in the process, I ripped off four or five of them that were all stuck together. And, and, uh, and so, you know, how do you think? What do you think's going on when that's happening? Um, does stuff like that push your buttons? And if it does, then I think this is a pretty helpful message. So, and it'll all tie in at the end, I hope. So, point number one. What motivates you? What motivates you? Because motivation in life is really important. And so why is it we're doing what we're doing? Let me say right off the bat that none of us has completely pure motives. You need to know that. As much as you would like to think, perhaps, that your motives are always pure, they're not. We always have issues. We're selfish. Um, and, and so because of the reality of that, we need to be thinking about what's motivating us all the time. This is really important. And, and sometimes the things that we're motivated by are fear. Sometimes we're motivated by guilt. Sometimes we're motivated by greed. Sometimes we're motivated by ego. You know, ego's a big one. If it's not one of those others, ego will get you. I shouldn't have to wait in line. I shouldn't have to rate at a red light. Things should work when I try them. Things shouldn't frustrate me. What are you motivated by? Philippians 2.3, Paul says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Nothing. Humility, consider others better than yourself. See, what Jesus clued us into uh, in his words is that um, our motivation for life needs to be love. That's what it needs to be. That needs to be our motivation. But we have all these other things going on. Remember John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another another. It's the only motivation that will help us to do the next right thing. It's really the only one. 
we get any of those other things working in our lives, we will not do the next right thing. We're going we're gonna to make a bad choice um, time after time after time in the process. And so, so our motivation has to be love. So one of the things that I think you should do, this is what I've been thinking about, point number two, um, ask yourself, you know, well, what are some of the things that I'm doing with wrong motives? What, what are some of the things that are just completely wrongly motivated and, and that yet continue in my life? Um, and you know, you, you can use those topics. Are you doing anything that's motivated by fear? That's a horrible motivation. Have you? You know, and I would say that it's the same, it's the same, you know, it's tied into the stuff that we do out of worry or anxiety. Have you ever, you've been excessively worried over something, and then, you know, you start making decisions and stuff based on something that hasn't happened because you think that it might, and those are horrendous decisions, almost always. Those are horrible decisions. And it's, a, it's because fear grips us, and we begin to, to move out of fear, and decisions that you make out of fear are not good decisions almost always. Let me say, you know, an initial fear because something is wrong and that, that decision might not be so bad, but the, the kind that you dwell on and, and foster over time, those are not good decisions. Um, how about guilt? How often is guilt motivating what you do? Guilt's a horrendous motivator. Anybody ever been guilted into doing anything here? Don't you feel horrible when somebody guilts you? It's horrendous. And, and how about, have you ever guilted somebody into doing anything? Maybe it doesn't feel as bad, but it's just as bad shouldn't be done because you know what it feels like. It's a terrible motivator. You know, it's, a, it's horrendous. And, and you know, we, we work it sometimes, but it's, it's not clean and it's not right and it's because we're trying to get what we want and um, the motivation's wrong and it, and it doesn't work well. How about greed? You know, sometimes we, we, we just get so consumed by things that we think we need or want to have that... that uh, that will kick in and we'll make some real bad decisions based on greed. And then the big one, ego. What decisions are you making based on ego? Your pride comes up and you start thinking you're better than this or better than that or shouldn't have to do this or shouldn't have to do that. And um, it's, a, oh, it's a terrible way to, to operate in life. Uh, it's just no good. And, and so, you know, think about those things. In James chapter 4, uh, James writes this, verse 1, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something but don't get it. You kill and covet. You can't have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You don't have because you don't ask God. When you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. You may spend what you get on your pleasures. We get our motivation for life all messed up, and then it begins to impact every part of our life, our relationships with one another, our relationship with God, our prayer life. Everything begins to sort of, you know, be be taken away because we're, our motives aren't right. We're not catching it. We're not getting it. And so spend some time, you know, asking yourself, what are you doing that's motivated by the wrong thing? And then, and then what you need to do third, it's good terminology, then you do some pruning. You need to hack away some of that stuff. Uh, you need to get it out of your life. Do some pruning. Colossians 3, 1 through 5. Since then you've been raised with Christ, as believers we have been, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Hack away some of this mess in your life that's causing you to, to get off track and off focus. Um, some of the stuff, you know, the busyness and the craziness and the chaos that we allow sometimes into our lives and schedules because our motivations 
get sideways. And, and, and so look at, you know, the motivation behind some of the things you're doing and then make some changes. Because ultimately what we need to be doing, and this is the fourth point, is we're supposed to be living a life of love. This is what we're called to. This is what we're supposed to reflect. This is the, when, when people talk about us, this should be the, the main thing. Oh, that's a very loving person. That's someone that loves really well. You can tell that he genuinely loves people well. Or she genuinely loves people well. That should be what people think about us. And, and uh, for us, it's, it's understanding that, and getting our motivations right, so that that can happen, that we can reflect that. Proverbs 3, this is great advice in doing it. Verses 3 through 6. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He will make your path straight. See, this, this amazing advice from, from the writer of Proverbs. This, this is what it looks like. You need to get this idea about love and faithfulness and get it written on your heart. This needs to be the motivation in your life. You, you need to keep putting this out in the forefront. And, and when you do, it says we win a good name in the sight of God and man. Extremely important stuff. People are watching you all the time, especially when they know you're a believer. Do you know that? People are looking to see how you act. And are you really acting differently? Um, I, 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 a lot of people know me that I don't know. And, and so I have, to, I have to think about it when I'm out in public. I can't, you know, I have to think about it. Um, and, and then the reality is, though, even if, it, even if I'm somewhere else, I still want to, I, I should, I, it's like I want, pe I want to live like that. I want to be thinking about it. I know who I represent, whether they know me or not. I know who I'm living for. And I want what comes out not to be, you know, put on. But, but the reality is I want to love well. I want people to, to you know, genuinely think that that's what's going on. Because that's what he calls us to. He said, this is how people are going to know you're following me. You're going to love well. It's going to make sense to them. And, 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 you know, we have to do that by, by not leaning on our own understanding, but by trusting in Him and following Him and looking to Him. And, you know, as we, as we sort of cut away some of the stuff that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing anyway because the motivations are wrong, it should free up some time to spend more time with Him so we learn more about loving well and what that looks like. And, and, uh, and you know, we, we should, as we get focused more and more on Him, that's going to get us more focused on others and the reality of that in our lives. It's really going to help us sort of look at and, and get rid of the things that are motivated by things that we shouldn't be doing anyway. And I asked you that question about red lights in the grocery store earlier, because for me it's one of those things where, it's one of those things that I can tell how I'm doing. Because really when I pull up, it shouldn't make any difference. Red light, not red light, should just make absolutely no difference. What difference does it make if I get stopped or not? If I get stopped five minutes, really what difference? In the, if my motivation is right, what difference does it make? So I've got to sit and wait. If I go to the grocery store and there's 57 people in line, what difference does it make really? It doesn't. I don't need to go find the manager and tell him he needs to open more lanes. I don't need to, I don't need to do any of those things. Just okay and we'll hang out. It's time to hang out. I can pray. I can do a myriad of things. I can do something different. But, but you know, what's my motivation? Is it all about me or is it all about him? Maybe it's, there's that many people in line because there's somebody around me that I need to smile at. You ever think about how powerful a smile is? It's powerful stuff. But we get so consumed, we don't even do that. Sometimes, do this sometime. Walk around and, and you ever see people that you, you wonder how long it's been since they've smiled? Do you ever see that? Look. 
You think, they must, that must hurt if they're going to smile. They got that thing turned completely in the wrong direction. And see if you can, you can smile at them and, and get them to smile. Sometimes, you know, when I'm going in the grocery store, if I find one of those people, I'll, I'll try and get in that opposite way so that they see me on every row. <laughs> so that I can force a smile finally. Hey, how you doing today? You finding everything? Why not? See, you know, there's, there's, there needs to be something different about us. And, and it, it, it's all about this. It's what he says. They're going to know you're real by how well you love. Can't sit here and talk about it without doing it. You can't. Yeah, it has to be real and honest. So be thinking about that. Take some time this week. Just think about that. What's motivating you? And what are some things that you can change? And what are some things that, that you've been doing by, that aren't good, motivated well, that you can probably get rid of so you can hang out more with him and sort of get some of that turned around? And, and ask yourself all those things. Now, those are my questions at the red light. And the, those are triggers for me. I can see how I'm doing just by how I feel when that happens. And, uh, and, and so it's a reminder to me. Oh, you know, I'm not. My motivation's off. Something's not right. I'm not where I need to be. I am not going to be perceived right now as loving well if I run and, you know, encounter someone. And I want to. So anyway, think about that and what that looks like. And I think as we do, you know, our reactions at red lights and checkout counters are going to improve and make a difference. So anyway, that's good for today. If you're watching my video, thank you for doing that. We appreciate you doing that. If you need prayer, go to the website. And uh, there's a prayer page there. We'd be happy to pray for you. We'll see you soon.